Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. This week, we complete our Advent journey to Bethlehem. I hope that you are blessed not only by the hopeful story of Christmas, but also by a world transformed by love, peace, and joy for all. I'm going to begin today by reading two stories that surround the birth of Jesus. The first story comes from the Gospel of Luke and documents the events surrounding the shepherd's visit to the manger. The second story comes from the Gospel of Matthew and tells the story of the Magi who come from the east to witness the birth. We begin with the shepherds. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. Now this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed by what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is from Luke 2, 8-20. We continue with the arrival of the wise men, also known as the Magi, or Three Kings. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, For from you shall come a ruler, who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, 
They were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another way. Story is from Matthew 2, 1-12. One of the signs that Christmas is coming in many homes is the display of miniature manger scenes or creches. And some of these tiny replicas of the Holy Family in Bethlehem hold special sentimental re- meaning from being passed down from generation to generations of our families. Our family manger scene is special because we purchased it, purchased it in, a, in Bethlehem on a trip to the Holy Land. Its detailed characters were carved from a local olive wood artist from the Holy City. Trade in olive wood crafts in Bethlehem today is one of the few sources of income for Palestinians whose movement is limited in and out of this West Bank city. Looking at a manger scene tells the whole Christmas story at a glance. Our scene contains two shepherds with staffs, three sheep, three wise men, Joseph, Mary, and the baby Jesus in a manger. The figures can be arranged in a cave, uh, cave-like structure carved from a beautiful piece of olive wood burl. A graceful palm tree arches over the entire scene. And what makes our carving special are the expressions of awe and adoration which the artist carved so intricately and lovingly, using the colorful grains of the wood to heighten the effect of the emotions. You wouldn't know it by looking at a major scene, but the display combines two different biblical accounts of the events surrounding the birth of Jesus, molded seamlessly into one. The story from the Gospel of Luke includes the shepherds who come to visit the baby after the angels had announced the birth to them as they were watching their flocks in nearby fields. Luke makes no mention of the wise men, The other version of the story, which I read, comes from the Gospel of Matthew and recounts how the wise men, or kings or magi, arrived from far off in the east, guided by a star. Fun fact, the Bible does not say how many wise men were present. It just says, wise men from the east. It could have been two or twenty. We just assume that there were three because they brought three gifts. Anyway, Matthew makes no mention of the shepherds. Now, we're fortunate that these two stories have both been passed down to us since they each give us a unique perspective on the meaning of the birth. The shepherds and the wise men share one important quality or purpose. They are all witnesses to the birth of Jesus. The shepherds immediately report what they have seen. Luke says, So the shepherds went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. 
Now, the wise men, on the other hand, have to sneak out of town, out of the reach of Herod, because they know he would be in a murderous rage since they had betrayed him and not told him where the birth of Jesus had occurred. So let's delve deeper into these two groups of visitors, starting with Luke's account. Luke's story is particularly important and plays such a big role in our understanding of Christmas because he self-identifies as an historian. Luke says at the beginning of his gospel, since many have undertaken to set down an orderly account of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed on to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, I too decided after investigating everything carefully from the very first to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the truth concerning the things about which you have been instructed. Well, let's talk about those shepherds. A lot of biblical scholars have concluded over the years, based on ancient authorities outside of Luke and the Bible, that the shepherds would have been outcasts in polite Jewish society of Jesus' day. They were loners who worked in the fields, probably practiced poor hygiene, and may even have been drifters and criminals living in the countryside to escape detection. It would not have been surprising surprising if the gospel writer Luke had chosen outcast to play his important role. After all, in adulthood, Jesus often associates with crooks and other kinds of sinners. But I don't think that's the case here. Biblically, shepherds have a good reputation. King David, arguably the most important character in the history of Israel, despite the fact that he has a rather checkered past, he's a beloved character. His kingship is the model for which the Jews of Jesus' day longed to return. And he grew up as a shepherd boy. And the most well-known psalm of the Bible, Psalm 23, is said to be authored by David and portrays God as a shepherd. Another clue about the status of the shepherds can be found in today's gospel. Like the historian says, the shepherds made known to us what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what they told him. It appears that all of the people trusted the shepherds, which be, would be highly unlikely if they were a bunch of low-life criminals. I think we are better off to hold on to the image of the shepherds that we see in our homespun Christmas pageants every year, portrayed by adorable staff-wielding four-year-olds wearing ill-fitting fake beards and robes made of cast-off material from the church's quilting group. We can hold on to the loving shepherd returning home with his cherished lost sheep slung over his shoulders. I prefer to recall the intensely adoring Hollywood faces in my manger scene. Luke recounts the story of the shepherds because they are common working people like you and me who have been thrust onto the stage of, at history's most important moment. 
They aren't religious leaders or political bigwigs or corrupt people of means with their own agendas. We can trust them. We can relate to them. And Luke says that he has researched this. It is important to remember why the shepherds were there in the first place. Angels had appeared to them in their workplace in a blaze of glory. You see, this is the intersection of divine history and human history, of God and man. This is where God and humanity make contact. The shepherd's divine revelation was verified by finding the child. The revelation also confirmed for Mary and Joseph what they had learned from the angels. The message that the angels passed through the shepherds and on to us who read Luke's account is that God is sending us a Savior and that this is to be a cause of great joy. God has acted to send peace on earth to all people. That's what the angels say to us through the shepherds. The wise men present a different story. First of all, the wise men are not locals. They come from a distant land in the east. It is likely that the term wise men refers to a religious mystic from an area of Persia. Now this agrees with the fact that they came following a star since wise men were known to practice astrology. We're not exactly sure when the wise men arrived, just that is sometime after Jesus' birth. Christian tradition has them arriving 12 days later, and with their arrival being celebrated on Epiphany, ending the 12 days of Christmas. Even though the Matthew says that they found Jesus in a house, I'm not ready to kick them out of my manger scene just yet. The gifts that the wise men bring are significant. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The gold was a gift worthy of the riches of a king. Frankincense was burned on altars as a fragrant offering to God. Myrrh was a spice used in embalming, and Christians see it as a foreshadowing of Jesus' suffering and death. These gifts, coupled with King Herod's intense desire to kill the child, add a political dimension to the birth. Unlike the lowly shepherd's visit, the spiritual and political emphasis of the wise men elevates this poor child onto the world stage, a reality that would come true 30 years later and continues its significance today. Jesus would be king, but a very different kind of king than the world had ever known. When King Herod asked the priests and the scribes, who, pro- who the promised Messiah would be, they tie the two stories together. The chief priests and the scribes say, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For you shall come from you shall come a ruler who is the shepherd of my people Israel. They're quoting scripture, of course. Jesus would be a humble shepherd, who cared for his people as though they were his beloved sheep. 
he would also be a mighty king who would rule all the world with justice and compassion. He would rule in people's hearts and he would lead the world in justice and peace. Well, here's where you and I come in. At Christmas, we hear from two sets of witnesses that share the angel's message first given to the shepherds. We follow the star that led the wise men to the greatest birthday celebration ever. And we, we now are witnesses, and we are charged with announcing God's love and justice to a troubled world through our words and our actions. The birth of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago transformed the world and continues to transform it in the direction of the kingdom of God. That transformation, that progress toward God's kingdom can only continue if all of us continue to stand as witnesses for the love of God in the birth of Jesus Christ. Amen. May the angels sing to you, and may the star of Bethlehem guide you to the place of the sacred birth. God bless you and keep you on your journey to Bethlehem. Join me here on Christmas Eve as we share the whole sacred story. I'll see you then.